Hello, and thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle podcast. I'm your host, Andy Brenton. Each week, you're going to hear actionable and practical tips and strategies to live your absolute best life as a Christian. I want to thank you again for taking your time to listen to this podcast. And so let's begin with today's portion of Practical Christian Living. How often do you get afraid? Afraid of different things that probably never even materialize in your life. You know, as a child, I recall very clearly, many a times I would go to bed and I would beg my mom or dad to leave the bathroom light on, the bathroom being just across the hall from my bedroom, because I knew that light would break up the darkness and would allow me to have some sense of peace to be able to go to sleep. One of the more comforting things at night going to bed would be to hear my mom and dad still up in the living room watching TV or just talking. I could go to sleep very quickly when I heard those things. But in the event that we all went to bed at the same time, I would go to bed and I would beg to keep that light on. In fact, sometimes my sisters would go into the bathroom just before they went to bed. And as anyone would typically do, they'd come out of the bathroom, you turn the light off. And I would scream, leave the light on, leave the light on. Because I knew that light going out meant that I would be covered in darkness. And I was terrified. There'd be times I'd wake up in the middle of the night after having surrounded myself with the multiple pillows and stuffed animals I had on my bed, thinking that it was some protective hedge around me. I would wake up and I would look around my room. And even though the bathroom light was on, the shadows that were being casted in my room, I would see something there. And it might be just a toy, it might be a coat on the door or some other object, but my mind would make it to be something that it's really not. And I would get terrified. I could not get back to sleep, sometimes just sweating of fear because of something that is unknown to me. Did I want to confront it? Yes and no. I was too afraid to. You know, there's a lot that we can learn from incidents of fear. Because fear is a very real and tricky emotion that can cause everything from an overwhelming sense of helplessness to actual physical sickness. In fact, there have been people who have literally died of sheer fright. However, if we're honest about it, the fears that come about in our life most of the time are fears that never even materialize. The French philosopher Montaigne correctly stated, my life has been full of terrible misfortunes, most of which never happened. Does that sound familiar? You know, we could each tell our own stories of how we've been tricked into being afraid of something or someone. And maybe maybe it's turning the ignition on in a dark parking lot with no response. The engine's not starting and panic sets in. But then you realize that I left the transmission in drive. Right? Maybe maybe somebody is hiding behind the door to scare you. Or Maybe you're thinking that the bosses are consulting against you only to discover that they were actually sealing your promotion. Perhaps you turn around in the mall or shopping center, not seeing your child, two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, panic sets in, only to realize that she had just moved to the other side of you. The same thing can happen with sorrow. Jacob grieved over the death of Joseph when he wasn't really dead at all as we find in Genesis 37. And so the consequences of even unjustified fears and sorrows can be overwhelmingly devastating. So where in the Bible does the balance of hope and fear lie, or of joy and sorrow? These spark emotions that contribute highly to our effectiveness or lack of it. 
in the cause of Christ. And so throughout the pages of God's Word, we learn that much of the fear and sorrow that we face as God's people is, in fact, necessary for a deeper understanding and appreciation of the hope and the joy that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. It is in the midst of a crisis of fear or sorrow that we draw the most on the hope that we have in the Lord and can be strengthened by that hope. It's in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 28 where it states, the hope of the righteous shall be gladness. You see, it's only when we lose hope that the situation seems to be more bleak than what we can handle. Our hope is our strength and our stronghold, an anchor through the fears and sorrows that we all face, Hebrews 6, 19. We need the fears and the sorrows to realize our dependence on God. It's truthfully been said that all sunshine makes a desert. And if you remove its rocks, the brook will lose its song. You see, we all know that it takes both rain and sunshine to make a brilliant, beautiful rainbow. Our hope and joy in Christ are what give us stability. They are our tree of life. And so when we truly set our hearts and minds on our confident hope of heaven and eternal life, then and only then will we experience the joys of a truly meaningful relationship with our Creator, God Almighty, our Father, no matter what the circumstances may be surrounding us. Then we will set our minds to glorify God and winning lost souls to Christ and a desire accomplishing goals achieved what a sweet, sweet thing that is to the soul. You see, when we lose that hope, the negative circumstances of life will then be overwhelming. And Satan's job, well, his job is to get our minds off of that hope because hope deferred makes the heart sick, Proverbs thirteen twelve, And the sickness or the anxiety and the worries of the heart cause depression, chapter 12, verse 25. And so listen to God. He alone wrote the book on us. He knows what makes us tick. So I suggest to you seven simple ways of facing fears and sorrows. Number one, ask yourself, is it real? Make sure it's not some fantasy of fear or sorrow or something else. Number two, can I help? Determine whether it is something I can have an effect on or is it totally out of my hands? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can in wisdom to know the difference, rightly called the serenity prayer. Number three, trust God. He assures us that all things work together for good to those who love him. Romans eight twenty eight. Believe in him then. Believe that those good things are going to work out for you as you love him and trust in him. Number four, listen to him. Go to the word of God for strength and guidance. Don't try to go at it alone. Lean on him. Lean on his words to find that comfort that you're seeking. Number five, talk to him. Praise him. Tell him everything that you feel and ask for his guidance. Number six, show joy. When joy does come, accept it. Then please let your face know about it. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. Proverbs fifteen thirteen. Abraham Lincoln said, most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. And number seven, share your joy. Let others in on where you found peace in a world of darkness and peril, hope in a world of despair, salvation in a world of sin. Share that with those around you. 
Thank you again for listening to this podcast and sharing it with those that you love and feel would benefit much from the things that we've talked about today. Until next time, may God keep you and protect you and may you continue to seek him in all things. God bless.